Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand the intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Likoko. La Space. Good evening, good evening. Um, it's a Thursday and I'm very much excited. Yet another bumper edition of Le Cocola Space and we're recording it for our podcast as I've said. I do have cream of the crop. Um, it doesn't get better than this. I think I've, I've got the A-team. How I pulled it off, I don't know. But yeah, it's a story that I will narrate. Before I say much, let me first start by greeting my guest. And in no particular order, uh, let me greet Besh. Yeah, Besh, welcome to the space. Hi, Cox. Uh, you know, Baholo Bailey, people that have served us well must be first. Oscar guy. I have the utmost respect for this lady, man. <laughs> Hi, good evening, no, everyone. There's a reason, I'm there's so a reason why I, 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 I'm going to... There's a reason why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ending up because um, she knows. I, I want to narrate the story of how I was able to get her into the space. Um, I basically ambushed her. Um, it was after a church service. And she was like, ah, go get it Good evening, Askarao. <laughs> Good evening. Evening, Bash. Um, evening, Lukaku. What a great time it's going to be. I mean, I'm in good hands. Uh, I love the hype. Yeah, yeah, but Basha is the true celebrity. We all know him. <laughs> no, no, never, true story. Never, <laughs> that cannot never, be disputed. <laughs> exactly. My goodness. the guy. But then, like, I always. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Hey, Cox, thanks for this. This is this is gonna be a great platform. Something we'll we'll definitely all learn from. I'm I'm here for the lesson. Yeah, I think it's the first this time is... we've been in a interview together, Bash. We've worked yeah. together on on many deals. Um, yes. But first time speaking together, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Thank you, thank you so much for organizing this one, Cox. It, it's it's going to be very special. It's going to definitely it's going to be special. Um, Besh, you are a local here, so I think I need to have you know give uh, Garabo a very special welcome, uh, and I'm trying to woo her to make her part of being the local to the space. So, I I. I I really need to make it feel special, so don't feel I'm 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 overlooking you, Bash. If I if I try and you know try and appease Oscar. No, please, I'm I'm good, I'm good. Please shine the spotlights. I mean, Caravo knows that I've 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 literally loved everything she's done. She's created a path and a platform for all of us as young women. She's been doing this for a very long time, and and we definitely have to give her flowers while she's still around. Um, I call her for advice on on a regular basis. She knows, and we are really esteemed colleagues. But she's she's created a path that none of us can can dispute. I I'm grateful for being able to follow in her footsteps. So please definitely do that, Cox. Yeah, 
All right, let me f- also take this moment and welcome everybody that's joined in. You could have been anywhere doing anything. We're experiencing all these challenges, Saluchedin, but yeah, you're here. Uh, you took your time and you jumped into this podcast. And I'd like to encourage you all to please subscribe to our podcast, Lekokola Space, on any of the major platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. And yeah, you're also welcome to check it out on YouTube, Lekokola Space, without any spaces. Um, yeah. Um, Karabo, Besha mentioned something very important and he and she said, look, um, you've been a pioneer, you've been at this thing, you you've you've opened the road, you've you've made it a bit easier for her to try to 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 get into the movement and get things done. You also work with her. You are the first female um agent to be accredited um in the continent, and I'm not talking about in the country. Um let's first discuss that. What made you decide to fully take the plunge and go for it in a male dominated world <laughs> yeah no i think i'll get over this hype one day but to be very honest with you i think it was failure you know uh failure is what drove me um when i i did become a fifa agent i was 22 and i had tried my hand at at various things post uh, matric uh, and I just had one passion that just wouldn't leave me uh, and that was football and so knowing at the time with my age that nothing would actually give me recognition but for the accreditation and so I pursued it with figure and many know the story that I, I failed flat, flat on my face on two occasions you know um, and I had never experienced anything like that so yeah i got together with a football community i uh, then you know pursued it even more and only on the third occasion did i pass and (laughs) it was upon passing that i actually thought okay i could make something out of this at the time playing for orlando pirates with cheese boy and those were the first clients i approached um with P management and it was a group of us that uh, had a dream. Uh, the one other lady is actually in the marketing, head of marketing at PSL now. Um, but yeah, we all started all together at the time. Um, I think she was looking to to leave Kaiser Chiefs and looking to be an agent. And so we wrote the agent exam all at the same time. And. The love for football. I mean, Besh has told us her story. Um, we know where she's come from. We know that she's even mm-hmm. played the sport. Your love for football, mm-hmm. uh, where does it come from? It comes from Gokazi, man. Godi one bala when you're trying to be cool. And uh, the only way to, mm. to be <laughs> with the guys is to play with the boys, you know. Um, and we were fortunate enough to live in the same street as the great Ndate Chomosono, you know. So um, him and my dad being very close friends, football was just the language that could like decode and unbreak kind of all tensions. Um, and so if I wanted to spend time, Lila Taima, if I wanted to be in with the crew, that was just an easy way in. Um, and so that's where the love started. But you know, to be very honest, never did I imagine that it would overtake everything that I was doing at the time. I mean, I studied politics uh, at the time that I was writing the agent exam, but it is the one thing that stuck. And, 
you know, I, I consider myself a little bit of a, of a fighter. I'm, I'm nice, but I, I like to argue a good point. And I found that, you know, advocating for the rights and the contracts of players is just something that I just couldn't let go of. I was like a little uh, dog with a bone. And so the love turned into something serious when we were concluding those first deals. Um, and to be honest, really wet around the ears, but the taste of victory in those first deals really solidified that this is where I'm supposed to be. And, and I'm laughing at the fact that you're mentioning one bar because um, a lot of people <laughs> think that the problem we have in the country with regards to players not being able to find the target is because of the very same one bar. Because the whole purpose was to hit the ball and not to score between the posts. But yeah, um, let me move on. Ben. I'm, I'm noticing a pattern. And, and when I'm saying a pattern, and it seems like it's with, um, you know, you with, the, with you ladies and law, law being the primary core. I've seen agents that don't really have the degree, have never really practiced or are not really interested in this. How much of an advantage is it? And is it mandatory? Does it make your life easier? Can I just go into it blindfolded and try and take chances? I, I would definitely not advise you to to do this thing blindfolded. Let me know if you can't hear me. Sorry, I, I'm competing with Coco Melon on one side and, and trying to keep the space on the other. So I have to <laughs> the one. Um, no, you audible, carry on. I, 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 I would I would definitely not advise anybody to do this. Um, if it isn't that they come with the purpose to serve, law is, is definitely an advantage. It, it, it puts you um, miles above everybody else. But there are a number of really good agents that, that have no legal background, you know. But once again, they have the passion. They have the passion not only for the game, but the passion to serve and also the passion to make a difference, you know. I'm not here to call out names or anything else. But we, we put ourselves in a position where the difference between Oscar, Oscar Rabo, myself, and probably a few other people is critically the passion. You know, during the transfer window, people will always send you DMs and texts about how do I become an agent? And, and you, you, that's, your, that's your first mistake is you think that agents only work during the transfer window. That, that, is, that is where you have made the most critical mistake ever. You, we essentially work 365, 24-7, you know, and, and the law does give us an advantage. But if you are somebody that thinks that this is a job that happens during two sets of windows, that, that's where you've made the mistake. Mm. And, and, you know, Karabo, she's mentioning something very important, saying a lot of people just go into it blindfolded. And with it being the uh, transfer window open, I was very deliberate in getting the both of you here mm. because I'd also like to delve in with, with, with regards to that. Look, um, let's discuss something that's happening right now. So a lot of football team owners are reluctant to deal with agents. They see agents as these human beings that just pop up when it's time to negotiate a player's contract when or when a player is supposed to be signed and they're nowhere to be seen there's even that image there's a there's like a bad image around it the word agent is seems to be taboo around around the football circle and especially in the psr how much of a dent does it like do these guys that would just rock up when it's time to get the money and just disappear in, in essentially how much of a dent does it do to you ladies i mean with the amount of work that you put in behind the scenes and throughout the year 
So I think it creates a massive dent. Um, there is a deep suspicion that the agent is self-interested. Um, but, you know, I think Basha aptly put it to say, um, we're here in service of our players, right? Um, and can I just state that that image that unfortunately agents or intermediaries enjoy, it's a multifaceted and a problem that's not only owing to the conduct of poor agents, but, you know, it also goes to the conduct of our communities in general, where, you know, corruption is the name of the day, you know, and so I think we cannot overlook the fact that, you know, to a degree, not all, but they are club officials, they are club owners, you know, that, that will say, Ah, umfana basha or umfana garabo, you know, no, 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 you know, and players mm -hmm. looking at the opportunity will say, oh, definitely, no, never mind garabo, never mind basha, um, let's just, you know, make this deal happen quickly. And then when the cookie crumbles or because, you know, things that are, that are seeded up in corruption normally fall, quite quickly, it's those same players that will turn around and say, Oscarabo. So I think the problem is just multifold. And obviously where there's money, there's bound to be sinister agendas across the uh, across mm -hmm. the board. So in no way me trying to, you know, pass the back onto uh, not agents. They are scrupulous agents out there. Um, and it didn't help that SAFA's regulation of agents has been poor and wanting in most regards but i think to just stop there to say it's only about the conduct of the agent would be to misdiagnose the issue the, it's a deep systemic issue but it's one that i think is found in corporate south africa it's one that's found when you get stopped by a traffic officer uh, and it's just that people mm. are just hungry for for quick money you know so yeah that is in my view when i observe the problem uh some of the issues with with our current um industry and so i take my hat off to you know but that are invested in this people like Bobasha who studied law first you know i don't think she gets a lot of credit you know she went to be a lawyer first understood the law even though she didn't write the fifa exam she knew like this is how i can you know, be credible, be legitimate and protect the, the best interest of my clients. So to those who go and study finance or, you know, because as lawyers, we have different personalities honing on different things. One is a marketer. You know, um, I look at someone like Jasmine as more of a marketer agent, you know, people who will go out of their way to step up the skill as people who are worthy of the space of being called intermediaries and I think that there's a small group of us that are giving back the name uh, of integrity back into the into the game all right and you know I like the fact that you're mentioning integrity and you're mentioning the fact that you're also acknowledging the fact that there are people in, in, in the background who are doing all the great work that people who have good intentions are doing and that would be pe uh, people like you who are putting in the work or putting in the shift now bash let me let me come in with, with this because now i'd like to find out from a general perspective and i know this question is is, is broad and and but i'm just going to ask you to try and narrow it down from your experience 
what would the primary objective be as an agent is 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 it to make money is it for the player to get paid well or is it for a player to advance in a career or is it something that you sit down with a player and say look what is it that you want and then you that's where your point of departure is the drive has to come from the player cox it's it's easy for it's easy for bashir to stand here and say i want to make all the money in the world but i i how do i make money if i with all due respect find myself a group of players that are not are not driven are not serious about the game do not put in the extra hours at training and and you create a client base of players that essentially don't get you there you know it's it's all good and well to do that and and with all due respect that's why we have these agents that seem to be agents that people would call fly by night agents you know they they are people that are in this business for the wrong reason but you sign those players because you yourself don't understand where you want to drive a certain image most importantly your own brand right but when you take a player you have to look at the player holistically and i said it to somebody today i was having a very difficult conversation with somebody who who has unfortunately created a transgression it is so easy to manage footballers that's probably the easiest thing to do is manage the footballer the harder part of all of this is managing and understanding the human being is knowing where this boy comes from knowing that he comes from an area that is filled with gangsterism knowing that he can't go home a day or two before christmas and he literally leaves a day after christmas just to ensure that he comes back to the safe haven that you have created with the comfortable job that you found for him in cape town you know those mm. little things are the things that make the difference so yes everybody the cox no one works to not get paid no one works to not make money right but in us getting to that point the service that you provide is essentially what makes the difference in making that difference you then realize that certain players are the players that you want to manage and that drives to the point of the question that you asked me the player themselves must be somebody who knows where they want to go and in managing those kinds of players you will get to where you want to get to ultimately but the underlying issue at hand is being able to serve because oscar rabo knows you can take a player all the way from abc and take him all the way to psl but if you're not following the right channels the right steps the right protocol essentially you spend so much money at the bottom levels by the time this player makes it to psl you've probably broken even if we're talking the business sense right and when he signs the bigger contract that then becomes the sweet spot of your transaction but how many years have you taken to get mm. how many people stay around to get to that point and that is that is the derivative of of the the integrity issue that Oscar Rabo is driving at because you do find certain clubs that only want to say this agent must do this deal or this agent must do this transaction yes it does drive you out but the player must be honest enough to say Oscar Rabo paid for my father's operation they she's managed to build my mother's house this that and the other and we also have the right connections for as long as the player is good enough and and that is also an important underlying issue the players themselves must realize that they have to make sure that they put in the hours at training 
to ensure that they can get onto the field and do the right things. And now you become somebody who is in demand. It's not only one club that wants you. We're sitting with 16 PSL teams, but six of them are, are gunning for your signature. And now we have to make the right choice to be able to ensure that your career is driven within the right path. And, you know, Karabo, Bash is mentioning following the right channel, following the right process, transitioning with a player from basically grassroots uh, all the way to the PSL and bearing in mind that the talent factor also has to be there. Now, I'm interested in what she's saying because, Karabo, that's exactly what you do. And I want to find out, taking into account that a lot of agents would want players that are out of the oven that are ready but never really never really put in the effort when the process is 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 being unfolded what made you take that step to say look i'm gonna go and try and find the talent and groom it and go with it through grassroots and being patient to do it there because i mean there isn't much money down there and we all know it's it's not a secret even football club owners are complaining yeah look to be honest when i started uh it'll be 16 years ago now um it really was from a point of where i was you know i was a junior an entry-level agent myself and so it was important for me to say i can walk a journey with you um and and say to clubs look i'm willing to bet on this guy i'll put my money behind him i'll pay for flights uh, or cost of trials, you know, and walk a certain journey with um, the players. And I found that that is more meaningful uh, to walk the long road with a player than a fresh out of the oven, uh, you know, in the PSL. And of course, there are those players that you'll find that want your services and, and we've got a name now and we are someone now and we will help those players. But I'll never forget that chiseling period of looking at amateur players, you know, and walking a road with them where they become household names. Um, and it just, it's its richer to have seen someone mature before your eyes. Um, but for us, it was a business model that made sense for where we were, for um, just being qualified as FIFA agents. But now it is a passion project to say, you know what, I believe in your talent if you believe in the hard work. Um, and, you know, Again, going back to the point that, unfortunately, I, I don't want to mislead anyone. There are many players that you invest in, in like that. And, you know, when things are now rosy, they'll decide to go with someone else for whatever reason. And I've learned that, you know, in this, in this industry, there's no hard feelings, man. Um, it's sometimes it just rolls like that. I think the bigger issue is what is your contribution to, to football? You know, are you trying to contribute to how contracts are being formed, to what rights are being there, how you're protecting clients on both sides, right? So it's not only about the player uh, going to the club, but also the clubs, you know, how can they be better? How can we raise the standard of football? Because we're all stakeholders and we're all role players. So that's how I see it. And that's why I like uh, Basha's approach and I've seen it, of a holistic approach, of a long-run approach. We sign two-year contracts with a view of managing players 10-plus years. 
And and while you mention the two year contract, uh, is there a maximum length for a player to be signed at? Because I'm, I'm I'm asking myself this that from a lay point of view, why wouldn't somebody yeah. say okay, let's sign a six year contract? Let's sign a lifetime contract. <laughs> As yeah. The, <laughs> The FIFA uh, principles and rules, which are ever-changing, um, you may or may not know the new regulations that are in place to re-regulate agents. They've really set a practice that two-year is the standard term. And obviously, you can write there in renewals, which have to be done in writing. But that is an international benchmark and standard that is observed across the board. But... Okay, I'm going to ask a subsequent question to this. Um, isn't the maximum a player can be contracted in a club five? I, I'm, I'm just asking, and, and it's something that I mm-hmm. read up somewhere. So um, mm, doesn't right. that kind of hamper the whole process between the player and the agent and the team and how the whole process is being managed? I think, I guess, there's a yes and a no to that answer. Yes, in a technical sense, right? Because you are signing a new player to a club who the clubs have great ambition in and if the club really believes it's not always that clubs will sign the five-year contract it'll be like a three plus a two option or a variable of that but if a club does believe in a player they'll sign uh, something close to to the five-year mark and you would be with the player two years so the relationship with the player is you managing their affairs not only for employment but holistically their legal tax Uh, marketing, sponsorship and endorsement, right? So in that relationship, and if it's deep enough um, and you travel the road enough, it should be possible for when that prior to that two-year mark comes that the player would see the value that you add into their life and renew. But yeah, there is always that risk that you've concluded a deal and your your period comes and goes and uh, a player may not want to renew with you. Obviously, there's a certain certain set of rules that apply that you would enter into procurement agreements with the clubs directly. And so, yeah, there are mechanisms to protect intermediaries and agents in this regard. All right. Um, Besh, let me bring you in without making this a basis based about questions being directed to Karabo on. I want to yeah, discuss the issue of because you know you you're not just a, a player man you're not just a player agent um, and a lot of people I think have this misconception that because you managing players it's just players and players only. Um, let's also discuss the coaches. Um, how does the whole flowchart of you b- being able to manage a coach happen? Um, is it because you'd actively go and look for a player? But with coaches, I think it's it's very hard. Like you, you, I wouldn't know who the next best coach is in in, in development right now. So do they usually come to you guys and ask to be presented? Yes, and I take her answer as well. So. Sorry about that, Cook. Um, coaches are are not are not an easy find. Coaches are very rare. Right, but you work you work through the phases and you work through the steps. And uh, let me give you let me give you an example. Um, you you find a coach and 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 they find their feet as as coaches. They work their way through the ranks and and they find themselves within the ranks. 
somewhere, somehow, you, you notice a coach. There, there's just that thing about certain coaches that allows you to get to a point with them. I currently have a coach who I've had from ABC, right? He coached an ABC team as an assistant coach and had a conversation with him. I wanted to send a player of mine to that team because I liked the way the ABC team played. And the coach himself, in the way that he manages himself, in the way that he upholds himself, and the conversations that we had, start creating a spark and an interest, right? And that spark and interest then leads you to trying to understand a lot more as to why is he coaching there. Because same with the player. Um, there is, there's just that something that attracts you to somebody. And it could be the fact that they're a brilliant player, the fact that they're a brilliant coach, or the fact that they could actually just speak the game in a way that probably you speak the game. And because we have the connections and, and we know people in, 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 in within this industry, we can open up those doors and unlock it and, and essentially unlock the potential. Because that that is all we do. Is The footballer is always the footballer. They are as great as they are. The coach is always the coach and they are as great as they are. But we unlock that potential by putting them in places and putting them in teams and putting them in situations and circumstances that allow them to unlock their potential. It's a very, it's a very age-old saying that my mother's always said. My mother's always said, if a flower blooms in the right environment, it will grow outstandingly. And, and, and that's exactly the same thing with coaches. I, I, I apply the same mindset with players. And, and that comes with the management of a coach. Is you don't necessarily know. Sometimes it's a gamble. But in it being a gamble, you put yourself in a position where you're betting on the right horse. And you always choose your horse. You, you always find the horse that you want. Because something attracts you to that horse. And that is how you get mm. to then managing the club. Alrighty. Um, now we do have the, we do have a trade. We do have a flowchart in terms of how things are happening. And let me bring you in, Karab, on this one. Um, you're representing a player and you're representing a coach. Are you? Do you sometimes find yourself under the spotlight? Um, maybe by fans or football administrators for the fact that you'd be representing both and maybe a coach is perceived to be giving favor to um like you know and i'm saying loosely because i'm saying you're in the same stable you're in the same agency um so the talent factor or the hard work that the player would be bringing in people would normally not like that overlook that i mean people usually complain and and, and that's that's human nature it, do you get that and and how do you deal with that when it does arise that's a great question so i hear in the question the issue of conflict right where you the player and the coach are in the stable and you then you know they're both in the same club and you brokered the deal um, and I think the important thing, I think it's different strokes for different folks, but, you know, perception is reality. And I know um, Gaos Basha and me, where we have represented coaches, I do not get involved in the player talks with the coach about players because that's interfering in someone's work. And so like Basha, you know, I have not managed like the number of coaches that I've managed the number of players from. So the players will always outnumber the coaches. And 
I've been fortunate in my life to only have managed two coaches. Um, and for instance, where I had a coach, I was very deliberate not to place players there because I did not want that coach to be compromised, you know, and we had a little gentleman's agreement or gentleman and lady agreement. Um, and for instance, coach Ian Palmer, um, the late coach Ian Palmer, when we would place him um, at clubs like Maritzburg, I did not then in the same period um, market players there. And my players would have to understand that unless the coach specifically says, I want that player. And then we would find a way to um, create almost a Chinese wall. And I know that it's difficult, but it is important for the club in terms of a management perspective and the technical team's perspective that they do not lose trust in the coach and you manage the perception in the ownership level that this is a deal because there is a need and you are plugging the need. So in the instances where that would happen, I think it is important to, to communicate well and manage perceptions and give the coach the room to discipline the player, to rear the player, to encourage and motivate the player apart from the stable, as if he were just the ordinary player, uh, like the club players. So. That's just one needs to be very delicate with these kind of scenarios because it puts the, the coaches and the players in jeopardy of saying, you know, uh, th these people are pushing an agenda. He's being picked because he comes from that stable. But that's just mm. how I've practically managed it because it is a perceived conflict and it becomes reality, unfortunately, unless it's not delicately dealt with. And I, I feel that... I mean, I've asked you this question and I'm satisfied with your answer, but I feel that we also have to pose the very same question to Bash just to try and get, you know, like a balanced view. She might be experiencing a different, you know, a different, she might be experiencing different problems or a different encounter in terms of how it is that she deals with it, you know. So Bash, from your end, um, do you ever get that a lot? You, you're bound to always get it. Um, which is which is why which is why I understand there there are a number of agents that I know that don't manage coaches, right? And I can understand why they don't. But at the same time, I think our relationships are deep rooted enough to be able to ensure one. I am I'm, I'm I'm a person of integrity, so I know what I'm essentially getting at, right? I know why I do certain things. And one of the biggest things that people need to start realizing, and I mean this with all due respect, sometimes coaches are not the people that sign the players. You know, um, there was there was an onslaught um, against me the one time where I had one of my coaches signed to a team and my players then joined that team. Weirdly enough, and, and I've always said this, is I have a relationship with the management of that club. I'm, I'm not, yes, a coach is a client of mine, but I don't expect him to pick players from my stable. The reality is those players are good enough. They're definitely good enough. So we put ourselves in a situation where the management of that club is the person, in this instance, signing the player. And when the management of that club signs the player, who am I to then go against it? I'm essentially giving the coach the best tools of the day to ensure that he can get done what he needs done. But outside of that, we then start needing to, like Oscar Rabo said, 
creating not necessarily the Chinese wall, but ensuring that we allow our coaches the room and the platform to grow because at the end of the day, they are humans. They will always favor you as the agent. And in them favoring you as the agent, you don't want to put them in that situation, which is exactly what Oscar Rabo is saying. But that's exactly why you don't essentially put yourself in a situation where your players have to trial in that team. You know, it is a management that turns around and says, hi, I want to sign player X because I know player X has the ability. When a player trials and the coach is the person that's looking at it, you are asking for trouble, which is 90% why I know for a fact that the players that I sign to a club, even when I have my coach there, are players that are signed in a contract without an assessment, without a trial, without the shadow of a doubt that this player belongs there. And that is then the balancing act of how you manage a coach and managing players within your stable. All right. You are listening to Le Cocola Spacey. As I've indicated earlier on, we are recording this for our podcast. Le Cocola Spacey on major platforms would be, be Spotify, be, be um, Apple Podcast or Google Podcasts. So we're also available on YouTube. Look, Carabo, um, the answer that I got from the both of you, uh, like I said, I'm very satisfied, and I think we can move on with regards to this. It's the open, it's the open window. The transfer window is open, and it would I would have done great injustice to the space if if involving that and then ask about it, the intricate details that would go on with regards to negotiating a player's contract. And we once had a space where we we're discussing image rights. Um, we see what's happening in the world. Um, we can see, I, I can mention a, a case of Saka, the Arsenal player, where he opted to, to go the route of owning his image rights. In South Africa, we are aware, um, based from that space, that not all teams are strict when it comes to image rights. So let's take the top three. We will take the top three and discuss that. The rest of the world, and I'm talking about football-wise with regards to Europe and they they seem to be heading a certain direction with regards to image rights because there's so much to leverage from that. How much of a battle are we encountering in the league? And if there's one, are we winning the battle to have the player owning their rights, their image rights to say? Mm. Yeah, no, I told you it was going to be a great space. Um, let's just backtrack your, the, the way I understood your question was twofold, right? Um, the role of an intermediary during the transfer window. And I just want to touch on the fact that during this period, most deals that need to be done are done. You know, we work throughout the season trying to, you know, wrestle and nudge um, people with common interest, the player with common interest, with the club with common interest, with a club that needs to release that player, um, all gently across a certain line. So um, normally during this time of the period, we're looking at registration, you know, clubs that are looking to terminate as well. And I just think we shouldn't underestimate the role of an agent during terminations and bringing fairness into that. The issue of image rights is an interesting one. And you rightly say, you know, there's issues of third-party ownership, which is huge um, internationally. But South Africa is slowly awakening to sale-on provisions and image rights provisions. Um, and clubs are becoming aware, and so too are players, 
of the worth of their image. Um, it's still very much um, the big boys club where they would want to lock the image of a player such that, you know, he can't even make an advert ya coke without the permission of the club. So it's a balancing mm. act. And I think that's why when you have a legal skill set as the agent, you're going to be able to navigate a, a contract or a position where the player can enjoy not only his football career and the part of the image that he sells to the club with his persona, his character, his personality and his stardom, which is rising into the Debonair's ad that he, want to, he would want to go into without too much of the interference of, of the club. Now, like I say, um, South Africa is slowly awakening to this but by and large, it's predominantly the the big clubs, you know, the top eight, top four clubs that are really tightening the screws on the image rights. And rightly so, because they are paying a considerable amount towards the image right or inverted commas signing on fee. Um, and so they do want to stake um, in, in, you know, the image of the player. My big problem is third party ownership. My big problem is sale on clauses where certain individuals, certain agents would want to cut on sale on, on transfer fees. I think that is unethical. And really the money, yeah, image rights, the money that goes to the the persona and the likelihood of the player, his voice, his likeness should go to the player. And, you know, I can I can stand on this and you can shoot me on this. Agents and intermediaries should collect the image from commission on the wages and the endorsement deals that we make. We should not have a hand in third-party ownership. But All that's right. a fight for okay. All right. And thank you for putting clarity into that. Um, Bash, now with, with us having an idea of what it is that's happening with regards to the image, right, and how it is that an agent can claim um, reimbursement from a player's deal. I read somewhere um, there were changes that were bound to be made. Um, a player, an agent can make the maximum of 3%. That's what I read. I know before they said 10%. Was 3% set in stone? Is it, is it a law that was passed? Is it being applied? Um, do you see it happening often? I, I believe the changes that are happening at FIFA are something that now have to then be taken upon by our mother body. So let me not speak ahead of time. Let me wait on, on what the mother body says. Let me wait on what our governing law says for us to then get to that point. Us having a discussion about it and, and discussing the intricacies, the, sorry, the, inter, the, 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 us discussing the situation essentially puts us if I can say 10 steps ahead, because we're not sure, right, if these will be discussed mm. or even brought to task by SAPA, right? So, all right. Sorry. Um, I think yeah. that, yeah. The intricacies, okay. the intricacies of this is situation, we, we, we're putting ourselves, we're essentially putting the horse before the cart. And we, we're not finding ourselves in a situation where our mother body is then telling us that this is what they want to do. Sorry, my mind is a bit distracted right now. Outside of that, right? Image rights. Oscar, I will put it very plainly, very simply, is the screws are being tightened by the clubs that understand what they are doing. 
with all due respect, the clubs that don't essentially understand what they are doing are not tightening the screws on the situation. And this is where we find ourselves. This is why there's a mismatch between players that come from certain clubs and move on to other clubs. When they move to then those other clubs, they ask themselves questions as to, but why were these rules and regulations not in place for the same type of payment, not necessarily the same type of package, but the same type of payment structure is there where I was versus here where I am. And once the mother body or once the league puts into place, if I can call it a regulation for what image and autograph rights are, then we will be able to start creating a system where everybody understands it from the bottom down. And then players like Saka who essentially say, okay, I understand what my value is, right? This is why I'm keeping my image, right? And I know what I want from it. They then can put themselves in a position where you can make more money. But the other difference between us and players like Saka, for, for example, is corporate South Africa has not joined the battle of football, whereas corporate Europe has joined the football battle. And he knows that he could essentially make a lot more money um, if he kept his image right. Mm -hmm. to himself for him to then distribute it in a way that he felt he wanted to distribute it for him to then ensure that his marketing team can put him out in a way that he would want to put him out all right you are listening to look over space um on the panel i have garabo matang sabuse of p management and i have bashir michael of qt sport you are more than welcome to request it is 15 minutes before top of the hour. The, I know before the spaces were an hour and a half, but for the sake of getting to the point and for the sake of, you know, not trying to milk the time that our guests offer us, we shortened it and we get straight to the point. So I'm opening the lines. You're more than welcome to request. See, I do see your request. I will acknowledge you just in a few. Garabon, let me ask you about negotiating an overseas deal versus negotiating a deal that's in in the country um how have you found the two um do you is is it possibly on the other side like in europe overseas the rules are more relaxed um more welcoming there's more transparency and because i mean if you're going you'll be dealing with a market from a fan's point of view you'll be dealing with a market that mentions numbers and here numbers is a like Mets is not our strong point. We do know thirty percent is thing, but it is is the benchmark. But we don't we don't like mentioning numbers. We hardly hardly mm. mention numbers here. It's it's a very taboo thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I I don't want to draw negative inferences in my jurisdiction because I love my jurisdiction and and it's where I operate, right? So I I do want to give credit where where credit is due. And I found that in the industry, the longevity of the longer you stay, the more respect you get afforded. People know uh, what they're dealing with, how they can broker a deal with you. Um, and the great thing is the trust aspect, right? Um, but what I found is that in this jurisdiction, trust needs to be earned. Whereas in the two deals that I've gone, um, I've taken uh, Ronald Kabamba, to Wadi Dagla and then SK Liesa, something that's well reported on. There was just this intrinsic trust that, oh, you're a FIFA and an FA accredited agent. 
so you must know what you're doing and what do you think about that it's almost as if without knowing me um i found that an intrinsic trust was there and deals were much smoother the process much easier because they already have identified the talent tracked the talent they've got the data on the talent and your role is appreciated as an intermediary who's going to facilitate a deal um in this jurisdiction and rightly so you know um even jesus was without honor in his own hometown you know um so i'm not saying that mm. one must just walk in and be respected i think you have to earn your stripes but i just found that once you're an accredited agent um in these jurisdictions um i found that it was easier to state this is what the players were the, these are the accommodation uh, allowances this is where he must live he must bring his family along and they are so amenable to that whereas in south africa i had to work at it to be where i am now uh really took me to have to go to law school took me to have to you know fight and get scathed and sit good yrc and threaten people and uh you know get a few scars or uh down the road um but i think there's just this intrinsic trust of one bringing talent one who has the badges overseas and before i give sierra the mic uh, let me just ask this question because i think it was it's in relation to what it is that you were speaking about now bash um add-ons in the psl I, we know you can have them um overseas is it something that is happening because i'm asking for the sake of us knowing what's happening in our league is it happening add-ons with regards to player contract Uh, Bash, I think you're muted. Hi, Cork. Sorry, I lost you there. Um, could you just repeat that for me? All right. I was asking. Karabo uh, was talking about overseas and negotiating contracts overseas and how easy a process it is. So I'm asking about add-ons with regards to PSL contracts. Is it something that's happening at the moment? Uh, because we do know about add-ons in 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 in, in European markets. Is it happening in the PSL? Um, because I'm asking for the sake of us being informed and knowing what's happening in our league. Once again, that that depends on the relationship that you have. Um, add-ons are variables, variables that are outside of the salary and image rights, you know. Um, but a lot of it boils down to one the relationship that you have into the demand of the player. Um, when the player is extremely in demand, you you can kind of push the barriers and. want to try and and break the walls to ensure that you can get what you want for the footballer but when you're trying to broker a deal and and you're trying to make people see the value in your player you kind of have to settle to ensure that you can get the best out of what the transaction holds unfortunately so it it does depend all righty sia the mic is yours Good evening. Good evening, Lukoko. Good evening to esteemed panelists. Hey, Basia. Hey, Garabu. And I am honored to be listening to this space and listening to all this information. Uh, got a couple of questions and I'll cut um I try to keep it very short. Sorry. <coughs> I need to drink something. <laughs> All right. Well, see I drink something. Um 
Motswana, I see you requested. Um, I am going to accept you. We are nine minutes from the end of our space. Apologies, yeah. Are you are you good there? Yes, I'm good. All right. Okay. Cox, All right. Cool. I'm, I'm going to allow you to ask your question. <coughs> cool. Okay. To your esteemed panel, I must first say and so most two people I admire in this space, and they know they don't even have to be told on social platforms that. Um, I watch their work and in terms of what they have been doing and moving in silence and getting the work done sometimes it's it's been amazing but um, we have recently seen Garabu and Basia the fact that the calf zone has actually moved back to the rule that used to be there in the past where agents were needed to or managers needed to write an exam pay an affiliation and be a FIFA member and everything and I do believe that for me it is a good thing because every day you wake up someone is an agent and they don't have the legal or the financial background to actually assist a player in closing a deal and we turn around in the media and sensationalize and say a player has signed a bad contract and everything so what i want to know is that do you guys have any insight as to when that is actually going to be implemented because i know some african countries have already taken this on the heels and have started implementing it so that um, the agents are on a database or the managers and you know exactly that they have got the rights to be negotiating a contract. Secondly, um, I want to touch on the issue. It has been a thorny issue because I come from an amateur club. We develop for other teams but we have seen in the past, which has caused a lot of friction between agents and teams, that a player will find a representative and you wake up one day and everyone is just asking you for a clearance. And I just want to know at how long is it going to take for the, even the agents, because South Africa is not going to do it now to have enforceable rules where players are actually or teams in amateur level are getting what is due to them in terms of training and compensation and most of the teams don't have the financial resources to actually be fighting just to get what is due to them so that they can be able to go and find that next gem or that next talent I'd like to plead, I know a lot of you guys, I know you guys specifically, you do work with amateur teams and everything, but I, I would like a system where this is actually regulated and put down somewhere to say, teams, irrespective or not, they need to get what is due to them in terms of training and compensation. From an international perspective, FIFA has created the clearinghouse, so it makes it easy for teams to go and 
claim what is due to them and everything. We even now have the MySafa system that makes sure that you have all the history and the dates in which players have played for those particular teams and everything. I do not want a case where they look at your face and they decide I will give them or no we will not give them. So I I would like to encourage that to strengthen those relationships so that when you fight for your player you also fight for the team they coming from so that that team you build a relationship with them and they can be able to get what is due for to them. for all the money they've spent in developing a player over the years um my last uh, question um also is on issue of solidarity payments again with overseas moves everything gets recorded through the fifa clearing house and ultimately you are able to claim your training and compensation uh, when a player makes an international move and everything but locally with PSL with Safa we don't have anything that is enforceable and i think it depends also even on you guys as well to start small building those relationship with teams and it will ultimately boil down to the association to make sure that this is enforceable on paper it is there but when you actually have to go through the system it is a mammoth task and a lot of teams just end up giving up and then uh, my last one the mysafa system now even provides the fact that you can have a track of the history of where the players have played and everything and when you are negotiating help us to negotiate and say you guys need to pay these particular teams because this is what is due to them otherwise our system and our football will forever be like this and we'll always be fighting for the same players and everything so but other than that i just want to commend the work that you guys have been doing and also just um one thing do you guys know when they going to start implementing the old fifa rule where agents have to actually write an exam to be accredited in everything and also do you have ideas in how we going to make this actually possible because at the moment it's not possible clubs are struggling we've gone through research and we've gone through the covid and everything and clubs are dying even though they have the talent because every day I'll make you an example it was the tournaments in december who gave players to play uh, team uh, tournaments and everything but i sit in january and i literally have to release nine players because now they are going to better thing and i have got no qualms or issues in releasing those players but i've got nothing to show of those players going to bigger clubs or to bigger leagues so my issue is can you guys please just back down on the association and also even on the PSL to make sure that they at least do what is right to the teams so that they can be able to produce more 
Alrighty. Um, I deliberately let you ask all those questions here, but unfortunately now, um, Garabo and Bash only have 30 seconds to answer all the questions. So, Garabo, if you can sum it up in like 10 seconds, and Bash, I'm going to start with you, Garabo. So, you can pick okay. any one of the questions yeah. that, that have been posed yeah, because no, I know there's been a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'll try to, to capture. Sia, you know, you know that I love you and we have these debates in many conferences and many forums. And as someone who, you know, started um, the business model at amateur level, walking a journey into um, professional with a player, um, the amateur club or academy club is something that is very close to my heart. And so, yeah, I've had many a disputes with professional football clubs about giving what's due and what's payable to clubs. But you and I know the truth, right? And the truth of the matter is our association has not regulated what is due and quantifiable in terms of amateur level. The league has done that for SAFA and the league has prescribed that if you're in an academy of a, a PSL club, this is the quantum. It's there. It's in the NSL um, handbook of July 2022. If you're from the NFD and you're in the uh, bracket of 12 to 21 years old, this is what's due. And then for the rest, and which is a, a large number, if not the majority of amateur clubs, it's fend for yourself, fight for yourself, if you're lucky enough to get representation. And then let's not even start with the uh, dispute resolution forums for, for one to collect what is due to them. A similar process, to that of solidarity mechanism and we know that the solidarity one is when a player jumps the association and goes to a different jurisdiction but kudos to safa the my safa system is starting to work well and player passport is something that is starting to give definition but i think that more can be done by the mother body to give protection to the small players to the grassroots level um, you asked a question with regard to the FIFA regulations. I am all for it. And I'm all for it because I am the individual who sat and failed the exam twice and only passed on the third occasion. Regulation in any industry is good to guard against um, irreparable harm of the players. However, in the same breath, I am against over-regulation of the market where you do it in such a way that you make the barrier to entry uh, not good enough for Baba Joe Wase Orlando, who has managed players and has got a passion for this and might not be so savvy as to pass the bar, get the insurance that was required, which was one million back when I got accredited in 2009. Um, but it's a balance between the two. And I don't think that agents have been consulted enough on this issue to say what is the right balance, you know, can someone make a living on 3% having carried a player to and from trials, you know, helped in their personal life to get them to a point of them becoming a professional player. So I think the, the point that I'm trying to drive home is that once agents and intermediaries are seen as contributors and people who add value to the careers of footballers and add value in football in general, and the role players come in to regulate, as well as we can walk a journey with academy clubs, we can start going somewhere. And like I said, South Africa is becoming alive now. There are so many academies that are taking these big boys to, to task, you know, 
um, in the DRC structures. And yeah, so yeah, we've had this conversation. You know where I'm at. So if you need the help, I know Basha is the same. We're available. All right. For the sake of time, uh, Bash, I'm not going to allow you to answer that question or the remainder of the question because we no we, no we no, no. as her attorney as her attorney <laughs> please, I, we cannot close it there can it, i it, can i please argue okay. that bash if, 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 uh, it, it always becomes so difficult no it always becomes so difficult to speak after Oscarabo because she she literally just <laughs> speaks sense you know and and she speaks she speaks life into into exactly what what her and i speak about on a regular basis mm-hmm. um ocs come to my office to have a coffee and the honest truth is uh, until until the federation until our mother body until the psl start seeing agents as stakeholders of the game as opposed to thieves in the night we are not going to go anywhere you know and 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 that is that is an issue that is systemic within the system unfortunately and that is something that cannot be resolved by a fifa regulation it is not something that can be resolved by 3% as a commission you know um 3% of 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 billions and billions and and big dollar deals that that they do overseas that that makes sense for them you know but 3% of the deals that that we do with 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 all due respect the smaller clubs will will essentially get you to a point where you might not want to be within this industry and then it it will leave people like Oscar Abu and I and a few other people that are once again here to serve i'm definitely here for the regulation i can comfortably tell you that because a system that has no regulation then essentially becomes a circus you know and in the circus we find ourselves in a situation that we're in but once again Oscar Abu has a very valid point there are so many people out there that manage players without being paid what is due to them without being paid what they deserve bob joe and everybody else like oscar avises we don't know who these people are but there are people out there that have a passion and just because they don't have a degree in finance just because they don't have a degree in law it doesn't make them any less passionate than somebody that does have a degree in law you know it it doesn't mean that they don't deserve what what essentially they've put into the game they also deserve to get what is what is there you know the pie is big enough for all of us to share and and that is a very critical aspect of what we all need to understand it the pie is not only there for one or two or three or four people or even 100 people you know this industry is big enough and and this should be a 20 billion rand industry once once it's done correctly once it's run correctly once it's regulated correctly and that's all the way from the top all the way to the bottom because we could make a difference in so many other people's lives but because we're so focused on closing that agent out and only dealing with this agent or or doing this deal and only holding on to this and like Osia says she's right you know you you run you run an amateur structure you allow your players to guard and play these gassy tournaments and and you have honed that talent you have looked after this player you've loved this player and all of a sudden the player wants a clearance and you cannot get what you're entitled to you're entitled to that you know safa makes reference to to an annexure that doesn't even exist you know we laugh about it between us as professionals but it's actually quite sad you know you look at the training and development compensation rules and and it and it says to you please refer to annexure and and you look for that annexure and that annexure doesn't exist within the rules and now you don't know what the determination is yes kudos to the psl for making it a lot easier for essentially determining what levels have to be paid or or which level how much money has to be paid that's great but once it 
once again, that then becomes a different battle altogether, you know. So I, I, I said it when I started this, it becomes so difficult to speak after Oscarabo has spoken because she she's essentially created a benchmark. And once again, she's somebody that is there. Osia knows quite comfortably that she can go and walk into Karabo's office and would easily get the help. I don't think, I, I've known Oskarabo to take on matters and I, I know that she doesn't get paid for some of the things she does, you know, but she's continued to do it and she's continued to serve and she's continued to work as hard as she works and she's continued to be as diligent as she's been um, in her employment because this is something that we do as a passion and for as long as people are passionate about it, I believe that what they put in is definitely should be what they receive. It should be what they get out because it is so difficult to constantly give and give and give without getting something out. But there are people like her and many other people there, you know, that find themselves putting into something for 16, 20, 30 odd years and they're not getting out with what they essentially deserve to get out. And once we create regulations within an industry, people will start getting what they then rightfully deserve for what they are putting in. And I'm for regulations at all levels, at, at an amateur level where training and development compensation needs to be determined. I'm for regulations where we need to determine how intermediaries run their business and, and create benchmarks where we do the right things to serve players. Because once players are done with football, we need to know that they've been looked after adequately enough for them to essentially sustain a lifestyle outside of football. And those things all come from a federation that has to guide the systems and processes that are in place. All right. Um, I am going to ask one last question to each one of you. And because, Bash, you said it's very hard to speak after Oscar has spoken. Uh, let me start with you. Then we'll close it off with Oscar. The Kamohelo Mukocho deal, and um, we cannot end the space without discussing it. <laughs> like no one saw it coming. Uh, no one. Well, I, I, I'm saying no one, and I'm mentioning fans. So no one outside of me, right? Focus. Oh. Yeah, no one outside of you uh, saw it coming. They knew what was happening. Um, can you please take us through that, please? W- without giving much away, though. But if you can, you're more than welcome. No, it's not It's not even about giving much away. Look, let's, let's give credit where credit is due. Um, Ndate Malachi had Ndate Jonas Malachi. I'd had a conversation with him the same way. Um, I had a conversation with various other clubs, right? But the professionalism, and, and this is what this is what we need to take our industry forward, our individuals who are professional enough to ensure that not only do they pay players on time, not only do they look after players, not only do they do the right things that players require, but also it becomes then, it starts becoming an industry norm where clubs that are not paying players are not, are clubs that are not essentially wanted, clubs that are not essentially allowed, whether you have the money to purchase initially and then you put yourself in a situation where you can't afford it right we essentially need to start creating the right type of regulation so the gamu deal we had offers um but he's come back home to south africa he wants to be with his son he wants to stay he wants to stay within a certain area and he wants to be within a certain space 
And in that space, um, outside of the two other offers that we had, this Kukune offer made sense, not only because of the environment, but also trying to run away from the toxicity of other environments, we decided to then go with the offer from Skukune because of the manner that they handled themselves and because of how professionally they presented themselves in concluding this transaction. And this wasn't something that happened over a day or two or a few days or, you know, it, it, it took a lot. It took a lot of not necessarily convincing, but it took a lot of conversation as to how the spectrum of South African football is, is changing. The pendulums are shifting because clubs that are run professionally are now the clubs that players want to run to because those are the clubs that will essentially ensure that you get paid at the end of the day. Not a club where you sign a contract and you're promised money under the sun, but now I have to go to the DRC to attach the grant for them to now not be able to pay players and, and, and the birds are flying and all the whatever it is that we find ourselves in a situation those are not the clubs that we want mm. to find ourselves as part of unfortunately you know the the mm. sun is shining at some point but then it's always darkest before the dawn and we put ourselves in situations where we know what we want out of it but we don't want to be promised pie in the sky and when the when Ntate Jonas Malachi came to me and, and offered the deal it, it took some time for us to be able to work through what needed to be worked through to ensure that the deal could make sense Right. And, and yes, this was what we wanted out of the transaction, despite the offers that we had. And most importantly, the two offers that were considered the so-called offers by his family, because there were relatives that said to him, you would be stupid to make this move. All righty. Um, thank you for that. And thank you for enlightening us and for shedding the light in terms of what it is that's happening in the PSL and what players prefer. I'd like to thank you for that honesty and for the transparency. Alcarabo, we've seen a lot of activity, abnormally so, but some would say it was expected because this was could be treated as the main transfer window, bearing in mind that there was a huge break that teams could go and plan. So with games that are going to be coming thick and fast, are we more likely to see some activity from your end and i'm talking about more activity from your end before the before we close the window mm-hmm. i'm anti-speaking um on things and and i know basha is the same we don't speak on things that are yet to come um just because there's a lot of stakeholders and interests that you want to protect so i can neither confirm nor deny when they are official in my in my year of hosting this space I can confidently say that is a yes there shall be activity in this in the <laughs> market so <laughs> right uh, thank you guys for listening in on the space um, I think I, I have to release my guest but before I do that I was I, I when I went into the space I wanted to shy away from mentioning players that they represent before before the space started because I wanted to highlight them being incredible agents and sometimes when you mention players it's like you taking you now have to listen to an agent because they're managing a certain player and and that's what I was I wanted to avoid at all costs but I can confidently tell you between this between these two ladies that there's a there's a Yusuf March, um, there's a Tapelo Morena, um, there's a Monna Pulisaling, 
um, there's a Paseka Marco. I'm not gonna say who falls where, but you know there are more players. But I was just wanted to mention the caliber that we have in 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 the space and the amount, the wealth of knowledge that we have. And let me take this moment and thank thank you, ladies, for joining into the space for sharing your knowledge. Um, I know you, you know your time is very valuable. So let me not take it for granted. And I'd like to thank you more than anything else. Thank you for the honesty. And yeah, thank you so much, Osbash. It's been a great evening. Also to the listeners, for yeah, finding it uh, a worthy time to be in, to hear agents who've given their life to, the, to this work, you know, and um, will continue to be in the football space. Um, hopefully adding a good contribution. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Right. Thank you, everybody. It's been a great space. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for each and every one of you that have listened to it. And I'm hoping that we can have many more of these, hopefully during not hopefully not during the time that my child has to go to sleep but outside of that <laughs> let's, let's continue to have these we'll, men we'll, we'll, we'll try and accommodate yeah yeah we'll try and accommodate that that it, Please, it, it guys, should happen eight o'clock is sleep that. time yeah, it's no. sleep time oh. <laughs> all right um let me thank this thank you everybody for joining into the space thank you the listener i mean it's we still going strong thank you the journals that jump in the journals that take their time the journals that credit the space for the information that they'd be writing the articles thank you thank you thank you um you guys could have been anywhere you could have been doing anything at this present moment but you chose to spare your time and come and listen to to us you know try and unpack what it is that's happening in the league um one topic at a time Sophie, we will get there um it's going to be a long journey. it's not going to be a comfortable one and i'd like to thank you guys all thank you for i mean they're everybody in the football fraternity the likes of busia the likes of abo abo sinesipo i see you guys in the space and without just mentioning names i'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening into the space um remember you can catch our space on on, on podcast apple podcast you can catch it on spotify you can also catch it on google podcast and all the major platforms we are also available on youtube with that said, I think it's time for me to... It's dark, so there are no birds flying, as Beshi has indicated. So let me take this moment and say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> um, remember to treat the people that you love right. And I love you all. Cheers, cheers. Bye.
to dance. And I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady. And she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love.